The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and so many shenanigans. And very, very little hockey. Very little hockey. Uh, You'll be lucky if we talk about hockey for like two seconds. We, correct. Uh, It is April 12th, Easter, for those who celebrate. And uh, this is our 117th podcast. Can you believe 117 episodes? And people still listen to us um, on occasion. On occasion. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Especially for sticking with us in uh, these trying times. In fucking deed. Especially when we forget to ask for questions until 20 minutes before we record. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're just going to do these live because, like, I've gotten some that have come in to me. Yeah, in fact, I uh, DM'd Marin as I was putting this together. I was like, I literally have zero hockey topics. I have zero hockey topics this week. Like, and I don't. I reminded you of the two sad topics. So do we want to start with sad things? Yeah, let's start with sad things and get them out of the way. So the first thing that Marin brought up was a video I haven't seen yet, but I think uh, I will have to hunt down and actually watch. I just retweeted it, so. Okay. Uh, Why don't you tell our our listeners a little bit about what's going on? So apparently uh, weekly, like 300-something people call in to uh, the NBC Sports... um, phone line i don't even know and they have a meeting and one person is invited to share final thoughts and this week it was doc emmerich who um uh, you know you guys probably know he's the all you young hockey players out there guy and um Mm -hmm. he's i mean very much like a staple of the sport he's a legend yeah, Uh, an absolute legend and uh, he just had uh, his thoughts were very simple, but very well put together and very lovely. And I cried through the entire video. <laughs> but it's it was just like talking about, you know, when we all come back together. And it, it, but it was interesting because he was very careful to say that, like, you know, hockey may come back and they may be playing without people in the stands is kind of where he mm-hmm. was going with it. Um, you know, like he was saying, if there are fans there, they'll do this. But if there aren't, you know, we'll do this kind of a thing. But just talking about like celebrating um, uh, first responders, you know, our health, uh, our healthcare professionals, or, you know, like somebody who survived coronavirus or like the families of somebody who died from coronavirus and like having them be celebrated at puck drop and um, just kind of going through like the beginning of a hockey game and how, what, like, you know, this is what we're all wanting to get back to is our kind of our everyday normal life and talking about like, you know, this is the dream. And then mm-hmm. this is what we have to do to kind of like get there. And it's like, stay safe and, you know, stay indoors mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So it was just a really sweet little, you know, dream that he had about returning to his everyday life that, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, that is, that is a dream. <laughs> you know, we, we would all love to get there too. So I don't know. It was just really sweet. It was a really sweet video. I, you know, I think about this a lot because I personally am not particularly athletic and I don't like 
play a lot of competitive games. I don't really like being competitive. Like, I can get competitive, but I don't enjoy it the same way that, like... Me? Yeah, like you or, like, a lot of, like, or, like, athletes do, right? right. Like, I, don't, I wasn't even, like, an athlete in, like, high school with, like, you know, like, that wasn't my thing. But, like... And so I've been thinking a lot about, like, what sports mean to me and what the weird, this weird void has been. Because, I mean, obviously, it's it's no stranger to the people who listen to this podcast that, like, I've been kind of a little bit, like, cool to hockey recently. And it, a lot of it is just because I'm I'm a little bit, like, jaded around the team and, you know, jaded around the sport and the business practices and... and you know, the lack of diversity and just how we're constantly dealing with racism and stuff like that in the hockey sphere. But when I take a step back from it and I just really, I think we as a people need things to cheer for. Yes. And sports provide such an excellent avenue for that as a social construct of it is okay to lose your mind with happiness right now just to be part of something either be distraught or overcome with joy it is okay to cry and laugh and cheer about this stupid fucking thing that doesn't actually have any consequences because sometimes you just need to be like that (laughs) it's it's a catharsis it's it's a stand in for the emotions that you want to be able to express and don't necessarily know how to. So I've always appreciated it for that. Like it's modern day gladiators and you're Mm -hmm. letting them pummel out your feelings. And I think, I think as a world right now, we're having a hard time with that because it is like the sports is such a catharsis for so many people, especially skewing masculine Mm -hmm. that we're not getting right now. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it rough to have all of that internalized or even just like having to work through or not, or, you know, any of that. So I think, I think we all miss sports for, you know, it's fun, but I think there's more to it than that. Yeah. And so I love those fucking videos. I fucking love Tear oh. at my heartstrings. Yeah. Pluck me like a fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> what an odd way to put that. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's what she said. Absolutely. Just devastate my heart. Go for it. You've got it. Well, speaking of other devastating things. Yeah. The last good day. Uh, Colby Cave, uh, former Bruin, uh, current or former member of the Oilers organization, uh, went into the hospital last week, I think it was last week, uh, with a, um, what did you call it? A cyst. It was a a colloid cyst. In his brain. And unfortunately, yesterday he passed away. So we just wanted to extend our thoughts to the Cave family and, you know, keep them in our thoughts. Yep. I mean, he. I don't even think he and his wife had made it to their first anniversary. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my. I think the... I'm the kind of person who has a... 
I don't like just like piling on on Twitter and it's not piling on, not in the bad way that piling on usually means, but like, I don't feel moved to generally add my voice to a pile. Mm-hmm. It, in the nature of tragedies that like, oh man, my heart goes out to such and such. My heart goes out to such and such. My heart goes out to such and such. Because if I did that, it would be literally nothing but all of that on my timeline. Literally nothing. There are so many tragedies every single day. And I mean, I'm not even talking about like before, you know, after Corona, but like I loved, I thought Sam Gagne had actually such a fantastic tweet about it. Like that was the one I was like, let me just amplify this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, anyway. So mm-hmm. our thoughts with the cave family. For sure. <sighs> I really wish we had Nicole Byer right now to do a transition. Okay. She's so good at that. <laughs> Wes! <laughs> Wes! Bring us something happy to talk about. Wes! Wes! <laughs> So, I propose a new segment for as long as we need it. Let's do it. It's going to be called This Week in Quarantine. Oh, all right. (laughs) Tell me about these last two weeks in quarantine, Carolyn. Yeah, so it's uh, my what have you been up to while sitting around not allowed out? Um, I have read six romance novels in the last week and a half. Oh, damn. Um, Yeah, they were all in one series. And uh, right as we were going into into, into quarantine, I, I made like, you know, my last normal time visit to the grocery store um, that Friday that I was sent home. And um, one of my favorite romance novelists, Lisa Kleypas, had it, or I'm not even sure if that's how you say your name, but whatever. She had a new book out, so I grabbed it, and I didn't realize that it was the sixth in the series that I'd only read the first two of. So I went back, oh. and I read the first two again, and then I read three, four, and five. And this was after I'd already read six. So then it, now <laughs> I'm actually going back and, like, skimming through six again just so I can be like, yes, let's close the chapter on this series. But um, so I did that. I uh, have been playing I, I stopped playing the witcher even though i'm like so close to the end of blood and wine and started playing mass effect again <laughs> because <laughs> why learn why do a new thing when you can do the same thing that you've done for years <laughs> again <laughs> honestly i ask you why try something new um i also i know that you listen to nadpod with me mm-hmm. and the guy that played Deadeye. Brennan Lee mm-hmm. Mulligan or something like that? Yeah. He plays on a Dimension 20, or he DMs the Dimension 20 um, game that both uh, Murph and um, shit. Emily? Emily. <laughs> play on. Uh, and so I had watched a couple of clips just to kind of like, because you know NADPOD obviously is a podcast format, and I just wanted to like put together his face with his voice so uh-huh. I was watching just clips of it, and, like, I found an entire, like, uh, little mini campaign that he's doing with all four of the McElroys. So I... Oh, fun! So I watched the first episode of that this week. Um, it's this. It's called Tiny Heist, and it's all set in this kid's backyard. And, like, the, the, the characters are... 
um, either little fairies or like sprites or like discarded toys. For instance, <laughs> um, Justin McElroy is playing a Lego man with five different bodies. That's perfect. And each different body has a different voice and character. <laughs> like, I mean, it's the same, like, characteristics, I guess. It's, he's right, always right. Rick Diggins, but sometimes he's Rick Diggins Spaceman. Sometimes he's Diggins-saurus Rick, a dinosaur. Yep. <laughs> um, but then there's also Rick Diggins Prime. And to get Rick Diggins Prime, he just doesn't matter what body he's wearing. He just takes off his hair. <laughs> Honestly, it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. So anyway, I watched the first episode of that. Cannot wait to watch the other the other episodes. So I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah. I fucking Justin McElroy is such a brilliant role player. And the thing the thing that always really impresses me about him, even when I was watching Amnesty and I did I'm listening to Amnesty and I did not give a shit about that entire like I just did not care for that story arc at all. Uh-huh. But I loved Duck as a character. Oh, yeah. Like, Duck was he perfect. Does, it's not even his role playing, which is great. It's like the ideas that he has for these people. And mm-hmm. like, like the, 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 you know, the names that he comes up, like the whole thing is just so good. Yep. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Justin McRoy, so good. Yep. Love him. And it's funny because Travis always seems to go in this like super tragic direction. <laughs> Tra- Travis is the Liam of the Malfoy. Travis, absolutely. You when you when you watch this video, you're gonna be like, oh, Travis, because there are a couple of <laughs> couple of moments where I was like, okay, Liam, calm down. <laughs> like, you're a toy, okay. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, like what's been weird for me is I haven't actually been listening to my podcast at all. And I wonder how much of it is like, no, this is a real life thing and we're not in real life because like 90% of my podcast listening I listen to on my commute. But like I'll listen, I used to listen like when I would do housework, but now I'm doing nothing but housework. And so it's like, uh, my housework only takes 20 minutes as opposed to an hour and a half and getting through an actual podcast. And so I'm just like, I don't know. Or like, I'll listen on walks, but I'm not allowed to go on walks right now. So like, Are you guys I haven't total lockdown? I'm on quarantine because I was sick. Oh, well, aren't you done with that yet? Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> so close. Gotcha. So close. <laughs> gotcha. I listen to, so I, we both live alone, but mm-hmm. I listen to podcasts to fill the quiet in my house. So it doesn't matter if I listen to an entire episode all in one go. If I only have two minutes, I will start listening to wherever I was in my podcast and then I'll stop at the end. And of I've been minutes. playing a lot of, I've been having a lot of Twitch on for that particular reason. Just to, mm-hmm. because I, I, it's less even, it's even more so that I don't actually give a fuck what's happening on yeah. the Twitch, right? Like, whereas a lot of these podcasts I actually do want to listen to. Yeah, I guess because I'm re listening to NADPOD right now, I don't really care if I miss something. Mm-hmm. because I've already listened to it. Mostly I was just like, they, we were getting into reintroducing characters that I didn't remember. And so because I didn't remember them, I just decided to go back to the beginning and listen to it again. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, my biggest quarantine development is that I have become a martini drinker. Oh, um, I am blossoming into the 1950s housewife. I was supposed to be. And, 
I am drinking a martini right now, actually, at three o'clock in the afternoon. That you apparently uh, put too much vermouth in? I did, accidentally. Actually, not too much. Not too, too much. The other day, I put too, too much. But vermouth tastes really good, so it's actually, like, of the three things that you could put too much of in the martini, vermouth is the one thing you, you can overpour a little bit on. What else did you do this week? Honestly, basically nothing. Wow. Well, so, I mean, I've I've been stuck in the house, clearly. Uh, I did play D&D with you and your Thank group. That you. was very fun. Jeez. I didn't realize you were fishing for that. Uh, but that was very fun. I haven't gotten to actually play D&D um, in a while. I've been DMing, obviously, for Mirth Pod, which is, as always, hilarious. Yes. We had a good game. Uh, we yesterday. did have a good game yesterday. Um, but, oh, the other thing that I have really gotten into, as uh, if anybody who's on, been on my Twitter has seen, is, so I've been watching this, like, more drama than mystery B- BBC beautiful 1950s show called, I mean, it's set in the 1950s, it's produced in the 2000s, um, show called Grantchester with the gorgeous James Norton starring as Sydney Chambers local vicar who helps solve mysteries uh with his BFF Jordy and it's a gorgeous show but it is almost more drama than mystery so like you have to like take it in chunks especially since it's an hour and a half long uh and so like to give myself some breathing room from Grant Chester I was just like well I'll put on something stupid on the same Amazon Prime thing and so I found this show called Lovejoy, and it's literally made in the 1980s. It, it looks and sounds and feels like it was made in 1986. It's brilliant. And the idea is that Lovejoy is this rakish antiques dealer. And the, the I was like originally like, this is going to be terrible because the premise or like the little description on Amazon was that he is the James Bond of antiques. I was like, I don't fucking care about James Bond. But he's not. He's actually, like, always broke and, like, a half a con man but has a heart of gold. Like, it's almost more like leverage than James Bond, but as a 1986 antique dealer in, like, the Midlands of England. It's amazing, and I love it. That sounds amazing. If you have Acorn on Amazon Prime, you should check it out. I do not You should also get Acorn. Acorn on Amazon Prime. Well, if you ever feel like getting it, uh, that's where Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries lives now. Well, I saw a good meme going around on the Twitters, as I see everything, and I thought it might make a good podcast topic. And so my question is to you, what do you miss most about non-lockdown life uh eating out like going to restaurants uh going to the movies restaurants and the movies like so before i mean i had and traveling okay so three things already that i've missed since lockdown happened um i did not get to see aladdin on stage um which i was supposed to do um in march on March 29th, I was also supposed to go see Mulan, um, 
the so I was supposed to see the new Mulan movie in the afternoon on the 29th and then Aladdin in the evening and I didn't get to do either of those things which I was really sad about uh so Mm -hmm. going going out with friends basically and then traveling I was supposed to go see my sister in March I was supposed to go to California in April and obviously neither of those things is happening I honestly don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to a wedding I'm supposed to go to up in Michigan uh, in mi- uh, July. So, yeah. you know. I, I have a friend getting married in October, and I'm kind of glad. Like, I'm pretty sure we'll be okay by then. But at the same time, I'm just like, I'm super glad they had planned for so far out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a friend um, who is a wedding or an event planner, and she does mm-hmm. a lot of weddings. And she's got these people that are supposed to be getting married in June, and they're stubbornly refusing to reschedule anything. And she's kind of like, uh, none of this is going to happen. And you know that, right? They they want, they refuse. They refuse to reschedule any part of it. So they're going to, I mean, lose all that money. But That's a lot of money. Yeah. So those, I mean, and... I mean, in my day-to-day, in my day-to-day, the thing that I miss most is being able to play D&D face-to-face. Like, mm-hmm. I do appreciate that um, having the internet makes it easier to play multiple games a week with people I wouldn't normally play with and all that kind of stuff. But, like, there is nothing that replaces face-to-face encounters. Absolutely not. So, I mean, I think part of the reason that – so I joined the your Wednesday dungeon crawl like you know not probably going to be a regular player there but you know for a couple weeks because my sunday group hasn't gotten together because one of the guys just doesn't want to fucking play online and it's like i don't know and i i mean we're good friends and like i get we're kind of where he's coming from because he's the guy who has all the minis he's the one who has the maps right like he loves that kind of very visceral stuff yeah but also we are where we are Right. <laughs> you know, like it's either we don't play D&D until June or possibly July or we adapt. Right. For now. Right. Like it's it, we're going to get back together at some point, but just not right now. OK, so you are probably not going to be playing with us by the time that uh, my character dies. And I want to tell you my idea about my next character. <laughs> who are you playing next? OK, so I'm current. I need to tell the people who I'm currently playing. I am currently playing. A warforged rogue. Her name is Pinch, and she talks like this. And she um, is very bad at people. <laughs> like her charisma score is like negative. She's super bad at people, but she's a warforged. It makes sense. So, um, and I've already cleared this with Ashley, so I'm really excited about this. Ashley is the DM. Ashley is the DM. Uh, so my next character, my idea for my next character is kind of depending on how Pinch dies. Is that, like, a protocol takes over and she starts putting herself back together again, slightly smaller because she's now missing some parts. And, like, a new personality matrix takes over her her chip. And now she's an entirely new person and character and class. That's amazing. I love that. That's a great idea. (laughs) Thank you. So the next one I'm going to (laughs) do, her name is Note and she's a bard. I love it. And she's going to have this, like, little, like, uh chamber in her chest cavity that opens up and this like kind of like sack comes out and she starts like pull- pushing it and <laughs> she plays the back bus. oh my god that's very good that's very good <laughs> i was so proud of myself when i came up with the idea i immediately went to ashley and i was like please tell me i'm allowed to do this 
<laughs> so I am playing in that game a cleric because they needed more healing. And um, she's modeled after Alexis Rose. <laughs> yes. No, David! And, and um, I went that route in large part because I thought it was very, very funny that we would have a cleric who, she's a life cleric, so she automatically has cure wounds stalked all the time, but refuses to touch blood or gory things. <laughs> uh, um, she's also um, in training to be an oracle, which should explain a lot of things for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have, what do I miss most about real life? So I hadn't made a whole lot of plans because my plan for, honestly, this spring was to save money so I could redo my bathroom, mm-hmm. which isn't going to happen now. And so mostly, honestly, I miss going to the fucking grocery store. Like yeah. I, that has always been kind of my happy place. And now it's really fucked that, that my happy place is actually like a really bad, scary place. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I haven't really, and again, I've been in quarantine for two weeks. So my mom has brought me my groceries. And so it's like, uh, I'm, I'm not looking, I'm enjoying meal planning cause I like cooking, but I am nervous about going to the grocery store not just not because i'm worried about coronavirus obviously i've already had it i have the antibodies now i can still carry it or you know have it on me but like i just i don't want to see my happy place turn post-apocalyptic that honestly i i I think i told you like the saturday like as everything was beginning when i went in there and saw like empty shelves and you know people kind of like wandering around shell-shocked and, like, controlled entry at the grocery store. I had, I almost had a panic attack in the grocery store. Like, I started crying in the grocery store. Um, kind of getting, like, get out, get out, get out. Um, because of, because it was a, such a, a familiar place that had been completely, like, changed. And yeah. made to feel unsafe. Ah! Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I uh, and I have HEB, which is like being held to this national standard of like, this is how to do it right kind of a thing. And I love it. And I'm, you know, very grateful that they are doing what they've done and all that kind of stuff. But shit, like, yep. Oh, Jesus. So well, if you're gonna invoke his name, today's the day to do it. I know, right? Happy <laughs> Easter. <laughs> Twinkle, twinkle, little stars. stars. How I wonder what your charts. charts. So, today on Stars Charts, I think we haven't used this one before. We are getting our Stars Charts from Refinery29. And in part, the reason we are is because of this image which i am going to send to you right now on the skype oh sweet jesus (laughs) that is a cursed image i don't even know what this is about like i don't get it this one looks the leo one is bizarre too not as bad but bizarre oh wow is she fucking that lion or writing it it looks like she's kissing the lion She's about to be, yeah. She's about to kiss the lion. All right, that's normal. She's definitely getting dirty with that lion. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't know who to do this week. So you tell me a player and I'll look up their birthday for you. Okay. Um, Taylor Fadoon. Taylor Fedora. June 4th. Does your social schedule feel a little out of whack, Gemini? On Tuesday, the sun in your 11th house of friendship creates a square against routine ruling Pluto. Fight the need to be everything to everyone. This energy can drain you. Avoid burning out by some, taking some alone time and staying away from social media for a day. You may feel compelled to turn your attention towards your assets on Tuesday as the money-minded moon wanes into her third quarter in hardworking Capricorn. Avoid acting impulsively and give yourself space to gain a better understanding of your cash flow. Learn to be content with what you have and ask yourself what you truly need. The mood lightens up on Saturday when domestic Mercury creates a sextile with flirty Venus. Venus. I almost said Venus. <laughs> Enjoy reconnecting with your besties and kick back fully recharged. Uh, Jason Robertson. Okay. He's so precious. I love him. I know. That's why I thought of him. <laughs> He's so precious. His little face. I love it. July 22nd. Uh, Leo, right? No, he's a cancer. Uh, the 22nd. It's usually the 21st or 22nd. I thought it was the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Let's, let's Google this real quick. He's a cusp, regardless. Sure enough, he's a cancer. Cancer. Okay. Should you really add that item to your cart, cancer? Wow, this <laughs> call out. Shit. Fuck you. Jason Robertson, stop spending your money on frivolous things. Tighten, slash Carolyn, tighten your purse (laughs) strings a little on Tuesday when the money-ruling sun forms a square against pleasure-seeking Pluto. Wasn't that literally the opposite of what we just heard in Gemini? Sure was. They're calling you out, son. Uh, Work to be happy with what you have and spend time digging up old games or reaching out to friends to find creative solutions to your need for entertainment. The ruling moon wades and wanes into her third quarter in persistent Capricorn on Tuesday. They give you the exact time here, just so you know. Uh, you may feel the need to show off how valuable you are to others. Instead of pushing yourself to the max, take a moment to consider your unique talents, meditating on what you bring to the table. You don't need to outdo yourself during this phase, but instead, love yourself more wholly. Center your thoughts on Wednesday when Mercury, which governs governs inner growth, creates a sextile with domestic Venus. Take time to enjoy your space and recharge your spiritual batteries. I mean, do you have anything other to do? Anything else to do other than take time to enjoy your space? Literally, no. Literally, yeah, nothing so. else to do. Okay, last one. Uh, do you want to pick one, or should I pick my third? Pick your third. Just do it. Uh, Kudobin. Oh, May 7th. I think we've already done a Gemini. We have. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. Ben Bishop, then. Isn't he a Scorpio? I think he's in November sometime. Yeah, November 21st. Which one of these weird-ass things is Scorpio? This one. Okay. (laughs) You may be tempted to make a bold move at work, Scorpio. 
On Tuesday, the career, ru career ruling sun creates a square against ruling Pluto. Listen, apparently this, uh, this does everything. This has been in every single fucking horoscope we've read so far. I don't trust you, Refinery29. Before acting, look inwards and take time to work through your emotions surrounding control. <laughs> All right. Well, for a goalie. On Wednesday, when the status-minded sun forms a square against money-minded Jupiter... There, that's that's not a full sentence. No, did they stop it there? Is that they the did. End? Yep. Yeah, that's not a full sentence at all. Uh, if you feel as though you're not being valued, take time to list out what you have accomplished and come back to the table when you're feeling more centered. Avoid confrontation during this transit if you can. The air lightens on Saturday when chatty Mercury enters, creates a sextile with romantic Venus. If you're single, this is a beautiful day to flirt with someone new or chat up an old flame. Don't text your ex! No, that's a terrible choice. Attached Scorpios will get the enjoy will enjoy the company of their lovers. Get ready to watch sparks fly. Mm. I don't like Refinery 29s. No. That I, is bad. Normally I ask for mine. I don't want it. <laughs> Why don't you sing us into happy things, Marin? Monday, Tuesday, happy things. Wednesday, Thursday, happy things. Friday, Sunday, happy I turned it on the wrong day. Happy things. Happy things. Playing all week for you. <laughs> Why don't you start with your happy thing? Oh. I have one. I forgot it. <laughs> It's been a rough couple of weeks, guys. It has. I don't know. They're all the same. Uh, so on Friday afternoon, I saw my parents with my two eyes because they gave me eggs. I did mm -hmm. not touch either one of them, but um, we they gave me some eggs from their chickens, which was very nice. Um, I am on self-imposed lockdown because... Um, the uh, outbreak is supposed supposed to be, according to the news, peaking in Texas this week. And um, I want to continue to be able to go over to my older brother's house. And he and his wife are both um, immunocompromised. Um, mm -hmm. She because her recent chemo treatments and him because he has an autoimmune disease. And um, they requested that uh, if I wanted to keep coming over there, that I not go out um, until the kind of peak part is over. Um, so a friend of mine offered to go get me groceries because I could not for the life of me get a pickup time at HEB. Mm -hmm. So uh, she went out um, over, uh, she went out to the grocery store yesterday and brought me two bags of stuff so I can continue to make uh, my smoothies in the morning. And guess <laughs> what one of the things was? Blueberries. Another five pound bag of blueberries. <laughs> I finally hit the end of it after a month. It took a month, but I got there. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I was very proud of myself. So, uh, yeah. So I now have another. And she did forget bananas, but honestly, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, I can deal with that. So, My yeah. mom got me the wrong kind of salsa twice. Ugh. And I was like, 
I appreciate you a lot, but I cannot wait until I get to do my own grocery shopping. Seriously. I know. I mean, not again, not that I'm not grateful because I seriously. Yeah. She did also get me Pepsi Day Seas. So now I can finally eat the chili that I made last weekend that's been burning a hole in my fridge. So. Um, in your stomach. Well, yeah, I ate it one day and I was like, nope, <laughs> this was a poor <laughs> choice. So, uh, yeah, so now I can finally eat it again. I'm very excited. Uh, my happy thing includes you as well, actually. Um, so for the last couple of weekends, we and a couple of our mutual friends have been getting on Netflix party, and yes! we have been watching the new season of Nailed It. Yes! Which, honestly, I mean, I love Nailed It, but, like, the last couple of seasons have been, like, fine. This season is fucking hilarious. It's great. Like, I have not laughed so hard in so long. Like, Merritt, we were on Zoom at the same time last night, and I was literally, literally, like, flinging myself across the couch. It was so fucking funny. Like, yeah. I was coughing when I went to bed after we hung up because I had laughed so hard. Yeah. So my big happy thing is honestly, like, Number one, I love my friends, obviously, and getting to have these fun experiences with them is so good. But, like, finding a reason to laugh and finding something that has made me laugh has been so important while I've not been able to even, like, go on a walk. Yes. Okay. So that, those nights are fucking great and I love them. And I feel like the reason that I'm finding, I I can't tell if this season is actually funnier than previous seasons or if it's that I'm actually watching it with other people who are also laughing, that's making it more funny. Because we're like, you'll yes. do something and we'll riff on it for the entire se- like episode. And then, like, if it's truly funny, like, we'll keep going. Like, burst yeah. in. <laughs> burst in. Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag burst in. <laughs> so, like, it's so good. Uh, another thing that has made me laugh, and I can't believe I've neglected to bring this up, you guys have got to go find the Tiny Chef on Instagram. <laughs> I've, I've posted a couple of his videos and I feel like they're not getting a lot of attention. You need to go find this little guy. He's hilarious. <laughs> anyway. God bless. God bless. I've watched that video of him unpacking his survival pack. I mean, an untold number of times. I do it. I literally do it several times a day. I feel like he is my sanity at this moment in time. <laughs> well... Do we want to uh, do reader questions? We have so many questions. We need to do it last minute every time. (laughs) You guys really came through for us. We appreciate that so much. Seriously. All right. Larry Joe asks, what quarantine snacks are the boys enjoying? I mean, stuff they can get delivered via their grocery delivery, probably. Um, Uh... Who on the team, I'm going to be more specific, who on the team do you think is a hot Cheetosman? Um, gotta be one of the young guys, probably. I feel like maybe it's Jason Robertson? I feel like, oh yeah, Jason Robertson definitely pounds some hot Cheetos. I feel like Klingberg's too refined for that shit. Yeah. Maybe he's a hot Cheetos with the chopsticks. Oh, he might be hot Cheetos and chopsticks. Yeah, now, when you when you change it up like that, he's definitely. I could see that. <laughs> if you, I so I was the other thing I was thinking about with this particular question is, 
Like, if you had to pick, like, a Canadian Ruffles flavor, what would your Canadian Ruffles flavor be? Wait, for me personally? You personally. I need to look up the Canadian Ruffles flavors. I don't know all of them. They have, like, the pickle one and I all mean, dressed have, and ketchup. the pickle ones here. Well, they do now, but they didn't for a long time. Yeah. Um, I really like the tem- the ketchup flavored ones, even though I don't actually like ketchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, go figure. I'm an all-dressed. I, I clearly have thought about this too much. You're an all-dressed person? <laughs> yeah, I'm an all-dressed. I like That's I so like the funny vinegary. because I just Googled Canadian Ruffles flavor, and the only thing that's popping up is all-dressed, and they're calling it an abomination all over the place, <laughs> which I really find funny. I mean, we know my taste level, so... <laughs> I, I, I do. I do actually know your taste level. Hey, um, I made some bomb-ass chili cheese fries today, so... <laughs> Ooh, see, okay, I really want to try... I really want to try all of them. I am now looking at a picture of loaded potato skins, which I would absolutely devour. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Poutine, which I, oh. again, would absolutely devour. And sour cream and bacon? Like, that I would try all too. of that. Man, why don't we have that shit? I don't know. There's also a mozzarella and marinara... Well, that one's from the U.S. I mean, I've seen that I've here. Been, oh, I haven't seen that here. I think that one was one I of the, I also like, haven't seen chili cheese uh, ruffles. I've not seen those ruffles, but I've seen other people with chili cheese stuff. I mean, Fritos has a chili cheese flavor, but I've not Which seen... Which is legit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would try the all-dressed. I haven't... But, like, I haven't seen any outrageous flavors down here. Although, I do absolutely love the sour cream and cheddar ones. Oh, those are good. Those are really God, good. those are good. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I would definitely, I would fuck with any of these flavors. <laughs> Except barbecue. Barbecue is just a boring flavor. I agree. Speaking of, why don't you ask our next question? Uh, okay. Um, Craig asks, rate each U.S. region's barbecue. I'm counting Texas as a region. As you should. As you should. Honestly, I don't really know that I've had any other region's barbecue. I've had, well, so I've had, obviously, Texas. I've had Kansas yeah. City, obviously. Uh-huh. And I've had North Carolina, but I haven't had Memphis. I've had North Carolina, I'm now remembering. I've had North Have Carolina. Have you had Kansas I've City? Had... No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I've, I've, because, I mean, Texas, I haven't really been up in the, like, mid Midwestern region of the mm-hmm. country. And, like, when I've been to Michigan, um, I, first of all, I don't know that Michigan's really known for their barbecue. Second of all, um, I, we haven't gone to get barbecue when I've gone there. So, mm-hmm. uh, barbecue, I like barbecue, but I like Texas barbecue and I know I like Texas barbecue and I don't know that I like other people's barbecue. So, uh, it's not really like counted among the things that Marin will want, crave on a nightly basis and want to go out to eat. Barbecue ranks lower than most anything else. Yeah. Like the only time I get barbecue is like special occasion barbecue like we went to the winter classic and i was like i'm in texas i'm gonna get barbecue yeah like, and i i haven't and we eaten did it since. get barbecue and it was so good it was really good yeah we went to a really good place i haven't eaten it since then either um and like i will go if a friend is coming in town from out of state and they're like i really need texas barbecue like i'll take them to texas barbecue mm-hmm. or like it's one of the cuisines that my entire family can agree upon. So if my oh. entire family's getting together, we'll go get barbecue sometimes. But there are also a lot of other things that my entire family can agree upon. So it just kind of depends. 
So I will say, as somebody who's had, I, I'm biased. I'm biased. Uh-huh. Um, You're gonna say Kansas I like Kansas. I like Kansas City barbecue better. And the only reason I like Kansas City barbecue better is because I like a sweet, sticky sauce that actually oh. hangs on the meat. Um, oh, no. well, I like that vinegar tang. Texas's sauce runs right off the meat the minute you try to eat it. That's why you soak it up with the bread. And I don't like the bread. I well, don't like the bread thing. You're I do. Wrong. <laughs> I do love the pickles. The, the pickles. Texas, see, yes. I love the pickles. What I like into to do, that. What I like to do with my barbecue is I like to get a stack of white bread because that's what comes with it. And you mm-hmm. put like a little bit of every kind of meat that you ordered on the piece of bread, pile it with pickles, roll it up into a snack roll, and dip all of that in the barbecue sauce. And that's the fucking best. See, the nice thing about Kansas City sauce, especially if you got like ribs or something like that, like you don't generally even need extra sauce because there is plenty of it on there. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, ribs are like that here. No. They're okay. They're fine. I, I like them. I like, and Texas does meat fantastic. Like there's no argument there. Like they know how to smoke fucking meat. Yeah. But I just think it, when I'm thinking about all the components together, I like Kansas City a little bit more. Yeah, but, but that's uh, that sounds like it's solely about a sauce thing. I don't like a sweet sauce and I definitely don't like a sticky sauce. Oh, the two have to go hand in hand because it's the sugar that makes it sticky. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I'm okay. I'll stick with my runny, spicy vinegar sauce. And it, and I think the, the thing that people think about, like, the problem with saying sweet sauce is a lot of people think of, like, the stuff you get in the store, which is actually not very good. Yeah. Versus, like, the stuff that you can get at, like, Oklahoma Joe's. Well, it's actually technically Kansas City Joe's now. They rebranded. But, like... It was, and that stuff is sweet, but it's not overly sweet. It's not saccharin. There's no fucking corn syrup in it. You know, like, sure. it's really good. It's super I guess, peppery. I guess I'll just have to try it at some point. I think you should try it. But yeah, uh, Texas. I don't I mean, know when I'm going to make it to Kansas City, but. Why would you? Precisely. <laughs> uh, I do have a friend that lives in California that every time I go visit her, I have to take her a jar of Rudy's. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to make us move on. Cool. Laura asks, who would DM if the stars were playing D&D? And what classes would people choose? So not what we would choose for them, but what classes do you think they would choose for themselves? I still think, okay, I think Tyler Sagan should be a bard. But I don't think he would choose a bard. Absolutely not. I think he would choose like a fucking barbarian or a fighter. Absolutely. He would absolutely play a tank. And he would have a terrible time because it's not what he should be. I agree. Uh, I think Jamie would choose uh, something else that hits hard, but it like also casts some spells, like a cleric or a paladin. I could see Jamie as a paladin for sure. Yeah. I could see Radulov as a rogue. Like I could see Klingberg a as a cleric. Yes, I could too. Picking cleric, always being the support. Do you think we have anybody that would choose a bard? I feel like Anton Kudobin might choose a bard. I was literally about to say that. Which one is the biggest troll on the team? Yeah. I feel like he would choose bard. And then and then all of his insults and shit would be in Russian and no one would understand them except for Radulov. I feel like I feel like 
Kidobin would be like, give me whatever. And like, somebody would give him the bard character sheet and then all of a sudden he'd be flawless. Yeah, Like, absolutely. he wouldn't even absolutely pick it himself. No, somebody would give him, be like, ha ha ha, the bard, that's the lamest one. And then he would be flawless. Absolutely. Buffing everybody. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, who would who would be the dungeon master? Roman Pollock. <laughs> I love that. I my I was thinking Ben Bishop, but I think Pollock would be a better DM. Yeah, and I don't really know why I have that feeling. I think he might be a little bit more loosey goosey about it, which yeah. I think is a good trait for a DM. Yeah. Do you want to ask the next one? Sure. Josh asks, best and worst tropes in romance stories. Worst trope, billionaires. I don't like billionaires. Okay, so, like, just keeping it general, um, I the, so I told you that you should read this series that I just wrote, read. Mm-hmm. And I told you to skip the first one because it wasn't very good. And the reason it wasn't very good is that it was an enemies to lovers, like, romance story, except that they spent way too long as enemies. And the way that they did enemies is that they, like, acted like they hated each other, except for the moments that he was forcing kisses on her. And, like, uh. when I say forcing, I mean the entire time she was saying no, and he kissed her anyway, because he knew what she really wanted. And it's so disappointing, because the rest of the series is so good, and I feel like if anybody read this, and they read the first one, and they'd be like, what the fuck is this? And then I get to the, like the later book about the first female doctor in Britain that's based on an actual woman and, like, this really, really great romance that she has and, like, is one of my favorite books now. Like, one of my favorite romances of all time now. So, anyway, like, it was just very disappointing. Yeah, so, that sounds not, like, my thing. No, I just don't really... I don't really love Enemies to Lovers in general. It's just oh, my favorite. See, literally Enemies to Lovers is my favorite. I was going to say best. I fucking love em- Enemies to Lovers, but I, I need it to have Enemies to Friends to Lovers. Yeah. Like, I need there to be a mutual appreciation curve. Yeah, and there the, this, this book didn't have any of that. No, like, I don't think... I don't think you can go believably from I hate you to I love you right away. Yeah. Like, there needs to be plot <laughs> in between there. <laughs> right, right. And in said plot, there needs to be mutual appreciation. Right, right. What's your favorite? I have so many favorites. Um, Probably my very favorite is, like, the one where one of the pair pines forever after one of the others so that when it finally comes to fruition, you have this, like, emotional payoff that is outrageously amazing because you know how long they waited for this. I love that. Pining. Pining is my favorite. I like mutual pining, but I don't love unrequited pining that much. So there's this there's this uh, book by Julia Quinn um, where it, there's this, uh, the, this little little, this woman and she has this crush on her best friend's brother. And she's had this crush on her best friend's brother for, like, half of her life. And she gets to a point where she's, like, uh, basically on the shelf already, having gotten zero uh, proposals all through all of the time. This is Victorian, so she had, like, seasons and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So now she's, like, definitely on the shelf. And finally, she, like, something happens that just, like, brings her to his attention. 
and he finally notices her and then spends the rest of the book apologizing for never having noticed her before. And like, I don't know the way that, that she wrote that. Like, I really, really loved the way that whole thing came together. And it's one of my favorite romance novels as well. I just adore it. Aww, it's yeah. another really great series that has a very, very pants first book. <laughs> I read the, okay, I read the first book of the Julia Quinn. Uh, the Bridgerton? Uh, it's not one. good. Yeah, the Bridgerton. It, no, yeah. it, no, it was bad. It was it bad. Was, it, and yeah. I was like, I I know everybody fucking loves Julia Quinn. And, you know, honestly, I just haven't read a whole lot recently. Just so, like, to keep going is on my list because I know people love yeah. the Bridgerton so much. Yeah. But I was so... So f- incredibly turned off. By and I will tell you, the first book of that one is actually better than the first book of this uh, Lisa Claypas series, too. Oh, so no. I would tell you to go back to the Bridgerton and keep going. What just happened? I just spilled a lot of dice. <laughs> oh, amazing. The first the, the first book of the Bridgertons is bad. The rest of them are great. Like, the second one, even, is so much better than the first. Like, mm-hmm. but, like, it really hits its stride around four or five. Like, it just, like, takes off into amazing from there. Um, but, like, even the second one of this Lisa Claypus book is, like, I rated the first one at a one star. I rated the next one at four. Like, that's how big the leap was from first to second. Like, why would you even write this first one? I don't know. But, like, and I feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot because they're putting, like, their worst foot forward... Well, I think the other, so I have an aunt who is a fairly famous romance novelist. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's been interesting because obviously I've followed her career because I'm sort of related. And she's so much a better writer now. Yeah. So much a better writer. So I, I know. I read one of her books after you told to me that done. you were related to her. And I was like, I don't like this very much. But I yeah. need to try some most, most of her more recent More ones. recent stuff. And, like, you know, they're still pretty cliche. Oh, but romance that's, novels. That's but, a romance novel. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, she like her original her first books are not nearly as good as her her more recent stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I also really like um I am a big fan of like the faded romances. I do like those. I I don't I don't know why. I don't know why. I feel like it would be horrible in real life, but in a book I fucking love it. Oh um, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so much stuff in fiction that I'm cool with that I am not cool with in real life yeah, <laughs> that I would be so yeah. pissed about in real life. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's also some stuff that, like, when you read about it in, like, books, it's a little bit more, e- like, I'm more okay with it in a book than I am, in, like, in even a, in a TV show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Especially because, like, TV shows last so much longer than books do. Oh, oh, uh, another candidate for worst is the love triangle. I'm over it. Nope, done. Done. done It's been done. It's done. It's done. It's over. It's dead. We killed it. Yep. Secret Billionaire, Love Triangle, Enemies to Lovers we're on the fence about because we we both feel different ways about it. I mean, Enemies to Lovers is good, but only in certain cases. Like, you can fuck up Enemies to Lovers real bad. Yeah, you can. You can. I also love a good good, fake relationship. so good. Secret? Oh, fake dating? Fake dating. Yes. Strong yes Yes. fake dating. Yes. All right, Shani asks. Number Shani one. Shani had a lot of questions. Shani did have a lot of questions. Number one, why is Pollock so popular with the moms? He's very sexually unthreatening. Sure. Also, he plays the piano. That's probably. He probably got some Billy Joel going. Okay. Just. <laughs> oh, 
played the played the riff from Frozen for them a couple of times. <laughs> Two. Are there actually people out in the world who are thirsty for tiny baby child Miro Haskinen? Obviously. Shanny. Shanny. First of all, Shanny, obviously. Second of all, Shanny, there are people younger than us out there who would definitely have a boner for this kid. Uh, and third, there are people who have many, many tastes in this world. <laughs> and some of them run to Miro Haskinen. Yeah. Like, some of people like feet. Some people like Miro oh, Haskinen. Feet. Ugh. <laughs> so weird. You know, we don't yuck anybody's yum on this podcast, Marin. You don't have to like feet. I, it, no, it's I don't. It's quarantine. We don't yuck yums. I'm going to yuck a foot, though. Sorry. <laughs> I just, I don't even want them to, I don't even want them to touch me. I don't want to look at them. I don't like my own feet. I don't like my own feet. Three, which stars player would make the best president of the USA? I mean, <laughs> Ben Bishop, he's American. He is American. Uh, the only other one I can think of isn't Fadoon American. Uh, I'm wrong about that. Let's look. No, he's Canadian. I. Why did I think he was American? I don't know. Probably some other Tyler. Uh, Stephen Taylor. Johns, Joe Pavelski, but I'm sticking with Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop would be a pretty good president. I think Pavs would be a good president. Ben though. Pavs would be. I think. I, I think a ticket with Pavs and Bishop, no matter who you put on top, would go far. That's a, I like it. Steven Johns can be their intern. <laughs> yes. I love him, but he's, he's not. He's not for that. Mm-mm. Number four. Who is the Stars team dad since Spencer left? Well, Did I mean, this year it's with Pavs. Sakara? Sakara, maybe. But I feel like Pavs is more of a team dad. Um, like, he's used to that role. He is the oldest person on the team. Well, and he was also a captain for how many years, you know? He was. He was. I feel like he's a good dad. Which is why we'd put him on the presidential ticket. Yeah, precisely. Don't you have to be 40 to run for president? I think so. 35, maybe, isn't it? Because wasn't wasn't Buttigieg in his 30s? For president. 35. Yeah. So, actually... Pavelski is the only one old enough. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Anyway, so yeah, there we go. Uh, Driving Girl asks, at what point do we call the season done realistically? At what point do y'all think it's too late? Not that I'm not counting down the days until Corey Perry is no longer a Dallas star. I mean, I called it done. Oh yeah, I think think two podcasts ago. Yeah, (laughs) I think we were. I think we were both uh, on the. It's already done. Like realistically realistically um i am expecting that we will all have to be in lockdown until june 1st so that doesn't give the nhl time to ramp back up and do final games or you say that and yet the governor of texas is trying to make us all go back to work i know i know i am aware that there are dumbasses out there Uh uh-huh but I don't think realistically. I mean, Italy's not even off of lockdown yet. No, it's not. So I don't know why the fuck anybody with half a brain cell thinks that we are going to be off of lockdown at the end of the month. Because they'd rather die than lose the economy, Carolyn. The stock market isn't the economy. <laughs> uh. 
Let's talk about something else. Glenn asks. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, it's not really something else. If hockey is ever played again, ever, will you feel comfortable attending NHL games immediately after the doors are open to fans? It depends on when the doors are open to fans. Let's say if we don't try... have any more seasons and we start again in October. Would you go to opening day? Uh, it, it really depends on where we are in, in coronavirus land. Um, I mean, if, if the WHO is still saying, no, please stay home, you know, or like when, as is being predicted, because this is the way the Spanish flu worked, if like, you know, it starts ramping up again when it gets cold again, like I would hesitate to go into large crowds of people. Um, if the WHO and the CDC both think, you know, yeah, sure, whatever, it's fine, go into crowds of people, I would consider it. But at this point, I also feel like I would feel incredibly nervous in a crowd of people anyway. Yeah, regardless. I think, I think that's why, this is why I thought this question was super interesting, is just more of like, how our generation is going to be so scarred by this. <laughs> Yeah. Like forever. Like we're all like how many of us are actually going to want to go to concerts ever again? Yeah. Where people are jumping and singing along and spewing our stuff all over everybody else. But at the same time, like I get so much like Winter Classic was one of the best things that I have done ever, ever, ever. So I don't know. The Winter Classic is definitely one of my top 10 days. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, man. It might even crack top five. It was so good. Like, who knows? If, if I ever get married, that high bar. Yeah. High fucking bar. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry, so, babe. You've got to make this better than the Winter Classic somehow. Like, good luck. Somehow? Like, I mean, I don't know if you saw that power play goal that we scored, but, like, vows mm, uh, got to be higher than that. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was so good. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. Last question. In honor of Easter, Cadbury cream eggs, yay or nay? So I never had them. My parents never purchased them for us as a child. And I have a texture thing and like, Cream just ain't it. I can't do it. So, like, the idea that it's just a thin shell of chocolate with, like, pudding inside? It's not pudding. That's the thing. Have you what ever is had it? one? No, I never have. It's basically royal icing. Hmm. It's gross. Like, so I'm pretty sure you can figure out where I am on it. Yeah, it's which too is, sweet for you. You hate it. Yeah. It, yeah. No. Yeah. It is an entirely, it is a thin coating of chocolate filled with literal sugar. See, and I don't like milk chocolate, so you'd have to have, a like, a bitter dark chocolate one for me. Which would make it better, frankly. Which would make it better. So, yeah, maybe if they had a dark chocolate one with, like, something other than just sugar inside. But Plus, they're my, also too big. Like, it's like a five-bite thing ugh, of just that's sugar. Too much. Yeah, that's too If much. they were teeny tiny, if they were, like, you know, the little Hershey's eggs that you get, they're solid. Uh-huh. If it was that size, dark chocolate, I could probably, I would probably enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I, I have never had one. The consistency always freaked me out, and I never put it in my mouth. I, you know what? That's what she said. And that's what we've got for you today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you're welcome. As always, you can find us on social media. I'm at Classlicity. I am at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Deep Heart Hockey. And if you want to email us with a longer question, comment, or defense of Cadbury Cream Eggs, you can email us at deeparthockey at gmail.com. Uh, you are also welcome to write in and ask me for romance novel recs, because that's literally my favorite thing to talk about right now. Uh, and you can find our blog, where I never talk about romance novels, at deeparthockey.wordpress.com. That is a lie. We have talked about romance novels on the blog. <laughs> I know. I think I'm pretty sure I, like, sorted them all and, like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I, we've, we've also, we've also, uh, reviewed romance novels. It's fine. You know what I mean. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, uh, we just got a new, we got three new questions. Two, two that I am going to be copying into. Great. The thing. But one that is just kind of mean. Mm. And the one that's just kind of mean is who will the stars face in the second round? Ha, ha, ha.